0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Shirley Can't Be Serious podcast. We have a very special episode tonight. We are going back 35 years in time. But before we do that, Dee, how you doing, buddy? Well, I went to a party last
1: Saturday night,
0: didn't get laid, and got in a fight. <laughs>
1: Which is probably good, because had it been the other way around, my wife would have been really mad.
0: (laughs) It ain't no big thing. Yes, 1988,
1: the year that the King of Pop still held his throne, but the hair bands were storming the gates.
0: Yes, yes, yes. I can't wait to talk about this. It's like my wheelhouse, man.
1: I know. This is so in your wheelhouse. Now, we've, we've got a few albums from 1988 that we've covered before. We did 1983, the best of 1983, earlier this year and obviously Michael Jackson's 1982 album Thriller was huge and I think you had two on your top five from that album. I had one myself, same one. Okay. Now, in 1988, we got Michael Jackson has just released Bad in 1987, and again, he's all over the place, so I'm pretty confident I can guess where at least one of your artists is going to be on the top five.
0: Hey, you know what else? Uh, just kind of mirroring that same track yeah. is Def Leppard. You got it. You know, Pyromania, and then five years later, here comes Hysteria, and it's the same type of deal. It's It's perfectly in tune with 83 and 88
1: and these are exactly the guys that we were talking about when we were running together back in 2008 i know right 15 years ago can you believe that 15 years ago we were talking about these bands and now here we are talking about them again isn't that crazy
0: it's great man i'm having so much fun i'm so glad we do this
1: yes well it was fun to jump into 88 before we get fully into our top five though i got a question yes which was harder to pick your top 5 from 1983 or your top 5 from 1988 88 100% really yes it was totally the other way for me really like this one i had i had two songs that i was kind of waffling on number 5 but other than that it was an easy five pick for me there's plenty of songs that i like but there was no question about what my top 5 were okay with 83 i had
0: two pages worth of songs that I was like, it could be any of these. See, that's the exact opposite for me. I had children that I had to cut off and kick out (laughs) of the house. Like the ones that I left off, I'm like bleeding that they're not on this list. But Hey, it is what it is.
1: Yeah. Okay. Jason, before we jump into these songs, we have to give a shout out to our executive producer, Miss Melissa Mingle.
0: What's up, Melissa? She was our good friend, and she actually joined us for an episode last spring where we did Duran Duran's Rio episode. She is a super fan. She is. She loves John Taylor. She does. Yes. Can't blame her for that. He's a handsome man. (laughs) (laughs) She and her husband, Mark, are good friends of mine, and we go to church together And she and Mark have decided to become Patreon members. And she commented on the video Killed the Radio Star Patreon episode, which was our first one. Uh Hey, Melissa, Mark, thank you guys so much. We can't tell
1: you how much we appreciate your support. Guys, if you want to be an executive producer, all you have to do is go to patreon.com backslash Shirley Podcast. For as little as five bucks a month, you get access to all of our One Hit Wonder episodes.
0: Yeah, great stuff over there.
1: So we're going to go into our top five for the year. We're going to have a couple of honorable mentions and a couple of maybe rediscoveries or new discoveries that we'll talk about before we hit our number one. But would you like
0: to start off? Would you like to talk about your number five first? I do, but let, let me set the stage for us just okay. a little bit. Yeah. So. Just to kind of bring you back to what was going on in pop culture in 1988. Yeah. I've got a few things that I want to bring up just just to remind people where we're talking about. Okay. Okay? So, we have talked several times now about the Tyson-Sphinx fight... In the summer of 1988. Yes. You went to go get chips, and what happened? Uh, And the fight was over. (laughs) Got a Coke, some chips, the fight was over. (laughs) Was 29 seconds, I think, was what the
1: fight was? I think it was 90. I think it was almost 90 seconds. Okay.
0: And that is the first time Michael Spinks has ever been down in a professional fight. And he's down again, and in serious trouble. A right hand right on the chin. It was...
1: Way short. It was. It was definitely. If you'd have sneezed, you'd have missed it. That's right. And in '88, for you, you bought your Swatch watch that your friends
0: all. (laughs) I bought the girl version on accident. I didn't realize there's a guy version, a girl version. Yeah. 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 Okay, so here's just a couple other things. So, Kirk Gibson hits the game-winning home run in the World Series. It's one of the standout moments for the Dodgers. The U.S. basketball loses the gold medal in the Summer Olympics in Seoul, which causes, four years later, USA Dream Team in 92 Barcelona, which is one of my favorite teams of all time. Screw this. We're not using the amateurs anymore. That's right. You guys sitting your pros, we're sitting our pros. Exactly. Um, Nike created the Just Do It Campaign nice. in 1988. Oh, that's a good one. Yep. Bon Jovi releases New Jersey. Well, I'm sure we might get into that a little bit. Maybe. My mom checked me out of school just so I could go and buy it. I brought it to school with me. Check it out, guys. I got my copy. For um, me, 88
1: was the year my mom took me to buy poison and I got to get both albums. I got uh, I yeah. got I got both Look What the Cat Dragged In and Open Up Say Ah. Sweet. Yeah.
0: Sweet. Uh this was the first year that CDs outsold vinyl. Oh, wow. In 1988. And then, of course, this New York City cop got involved in this terrorist that in Nakatomi Plaza <laughs> on Christmas Eve uh, yeah. in 1988. Do I sound like I'm ordering f- pizza? <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, let's get into it, man. Are we gonna give each other sort of clues? Yeah, so so a
1: little different than our eighty-three. We're gonna we're gonna give each other little hints and see if we can guess it before we announce what each of ours is. I've I've written my notes in code over here so that you can't even peek and try to figure it out. But this is just to let you guys know this is the way we do it on our Patreon episodes. When we're at the end of the episode and it's one person's turn to choose we give little clues and let the other guy try to guess it and so that's what we're going to do now and i'm gonna let jason start us off give me a couple of clues i'm just just one guess and then you you have to tell me yes or no and we go All all right
0: all right all right five all right here we go so this song was inspired by a cough and starts with a sigh I think this may be a song that I
1: have as well. Okay. Is it Every Rose Has Its Thorn by it Poison?
0: Is Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison. I did not know that it was in...
1: Oh, now I know. Now I know what it is. Okay, I I, I knew the inspiration, but I didn't realize what the sound was. I gotcha. Okay. So, if I may... Yes. So this song was written by Brett Michaels, lead singer for Poison. Yes. And he was on the road. He had a girlfriend named Tracy. He called home. And what I had in my notes was that he heard a man in the background. What you're telling me from your clue is he heard the manly
0: cough. Yeah, I've heard Brett Michaels actually say this. He was talking to his girlfriend, and in the background, he heard a male... And he's like, who in the heck is there, right? Yeah, somebody getting a physical. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And so that led him to believe that his girlfriend was seeing other men and that broke his heart. He was on the road. He was in Dallas. So since that's on my
1: list, let's keep talking about that one when we get a little bit higher on the list. Okay. And I'll give you my clue for my number five. All righty. You ready? Okay. Five. The title character of this song it was confusing for a lot of people for a while until the lead singer finally set the record straight in a rare explanation of one of his songs the song is about Tipper Gore of the PMRC
0: wow Uh.
1: (laughs) ah wow thing by Tone Loke no good good (laughs) try good try okay so the song is Mother by Danzig (laughs) Okay. Right. So this song came out in 1988, which to me, I mean, holy cow, it's awesome, right? Mother, tell your children not to walk my way. But most folks didn't really know it for five years. Like, you had your Misfits fans and Danzig fans that were familiar with this song. Yeah. But it wasn't until 1993 when they remixed it, made it sound like a live recording, like a on-stage recording, but really they just dubbed in crowd voices. Okay. And then they also released the video from one of their Halloween shows, I think, of 92, and that was when this thing skyrocketed. But release was 1988. Interesting. So Glenn Danzig formed The Misfits as kind of a rebellion against the pop rock of the time, Journey, those kind of things. And so you... He's so, not going to like... He's not going to like my he list. He probably will not like your list. <laughs> he is not radio-friendly guy. Yeah, okay. So Glenn Danzig has the Misfits, which I've seen their shirts all over the place, and I, I didn't it's realize it. with, like, eyes. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's a cool font on it, which I think they kept for the Danzig stuff. But anyway, he goes on to form another band named Sahain, and in 1987 guy that we've talked about before when we had our episode with Def Dave himself, a producer happens to catch The Sam Haines Show. And he comes up to Glenn Danzig afterwards and he's like, Hey, you're awesome. Your group kind of sucks. How about we form a power group? So Rick Rubin says to Glenn Danzig, let's start a new band. We'll name it Danzig and we will get an entirely new band to play for you. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So cool. then they get this guy named John Christ to play the guitar. He is John, John Christ. Christ. Yes. And most people do not associate Christian values with Danzig, but uh, like, yes. Is like Jesus' cousin or something? Right? <laughs> it's, it's JC. It's his brother in law. It's JC himself, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. And then, of course, we have Beavis and Butthead. Love this song. And as they're watching the video,
0: say, I bet he scores with chicks and gets in fights a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Anytime we can bring up Beavis and Butthead, it's a win. Okay, let's move to my number four. Yes. All right. Four. Okay, there are songs that are panty droppers. (laughs) Yes. And then there are songs that if you play the music too loud with your windows down as you're driving by, women will actually chase your car and throw their panties at the car. (laughs) Okay. Okay, This is not a
1: good clue. This
0: is a (laughs) panty dropper of panty droppers. Okay. All right. Okay. Now we've actually gone deep on this song already. Okay. Okay. This is the song that caused me to believe that women actually wear garter belts to Walmart and stuff like that. Right? Okay. This is on the makeout list of 1988. And if this was not on your makeout list of 88, you were doing it wrong. You know where I'm at on this one?
1: Dude, you are giving me you giving me nothing here. Give me a clue about the song, not just that
0: it's a really big panty dropper. Okay, all right. This was a music video that had the woman Tanya Coleridge in it. And this is a former Goody Two Shoes pop star who was stretching his legs and became a in 1988, in fact, his album may have been the biggest selling album of 1988. You've got me. I do not know the answer to this. Okay, me with it. All right, this is George Michael's father figure. Oh,
1: awesome! I love it. I had completely forgotten this part of things, but now that you say that, yes, uh, Father Figure is
0: a masterpiece and my favorite song on the album, Faith. Absolutely. It's such a great song and romantic, dark, haunting, uh, hit number one in 1988 and was a huge song for George Michael. Guys, if you haven't
1: heard our George Michael Faith versus NXS kick, go back and check out those two episodes we are both big fans of those pop icons of that that era. Yes. Both
0: released in October of 87. Is that right? Am I remembering that right? That's right. You're okay. exactly right. Yeah. And both NXS and George Michael were competing, in my mind, for spots on this top five. We're top panty droppers of all panty droppers. <laughs> is this a panty dropper?
1: All right. Well, I I will tell you that of my list, my short list of songs,
0: Never Tear Us Apart was on there. But Never Tear Us Apart was on my near misses. Yeah. yeah okay D so that wraps up my number four what is your number four top song in 1988 okay four I think
1: the only clue that I can give you is going to be a dead giveaway. Okay. So just like my number five, this was a song that came out in 88, but didn't hit it big until the 90s. What is this? Even later in the 90s, this group became popular because of a band we've covered, Nirvana, who said Kurt Cobain said all he was trying to do was imitate this band And then the song became super big in my mind, maybe for others earlier than this, but in my mind became super big when it was the conclusion song of the movie
0: Fight Club. So I remember the end of Fight Club and all the buildings come down. Is this the Pixies song? You got it. Okay. The name of the song is Where Is My
1: Mind? Okay, now I got to tell you this. This is a beautiful piece right here. They took a cue from Weird Al Yankovic when they recorded this song. And that eerie little woo that you're hearing, they recorded it in the bathroom. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so that is one of the musicians, one of the not-lead singers of the band named Kim Deal. She was the real deal. She was very good. Um, she kind of got frustrated at the fact that she kept getting pushed to the side. Because Frank Black, the lead singer, kind of was, I mean, a self-admitted egocentric guy and wanted to sing his own stuff. Well, ultimately, the Pixies broke up after a very short amount of time being a band together because of this ongoing fight. Kim Deal then goes on to form a group with her sister called The Breeders. Okay, there you go. Okay, so this song, Where Is My Mind, inspired by a snorkeling trip where a fish kept following Frank Black around and trying to figure out what was going on with this weird snorkeler guy. And this is what inspired the lyrics to this song. Interesting. It has been used countless times in various movies and shows, specifically Fight Club. But usually it happens when somebody is questioning reality.
0: So to me, this is a more of a 90s song just because of Fight Club. Yeah. That's where it rests in my mind. Absolutely. And What's interesting is they broke up long before Fight Club
1: happened, obviously, and then in 93 with Kurt Cobain talking about how much the Pixies meant to him with Fight Club coming out in 99, they get this cult following. And sure enough, in 2004, they get back together again after, geez, over a decade of being apart and start touring
0: you owe James Buckley some money or something? Because- no, I know.
1: He and I have the same tastes in certain circumstances. There's some overlap there. But yes, uh, my top, my f- number five, and my number four, both were on his list.
0: Okay. And I'm going to mention this. At the end, when we look at David Wright's list, Yeah, I had my list written down before David Wright sent his in. Okay? I'm <laughs> okay. just throwing that out there. All right.
1: Very good. Very good. Okay. 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 Now, Jason, we are to your number three. What have you got?
0: Three. Okay. So- my number three is a song that we have already deep-dived on. Okay. This song was written about Aaron Everly, daughter of one of the Everly brothers. Yes. You already know what it is, don't you? I, I can tell you the band, anyway. This started as a joke. Huh? Slash, the guitarist, was warming up and decided that he was going to try to make circus music with his guitar.
1: Yes, so this is Guns N' Roses... This is not Paradise City, right? This is not Welcome to the Jungle. This is Sweet Child of Mine.
0: Sounds like a circus. (laughs) it sounds like a circus and a number one hit can i just say that it
1: depresses me to watch slash doing like insurance commercials playing this it's it's depressing it is depressing does he need money i don't know i don't know but literally yesterday we were watching something that ad came on and brock is like who is that and i'm like it's slash he's like from the band i'm like yeah the he's like why does he look so young i'm like well is he Drugs. Wearing the same outfit, <laughs> wearing the same outfit that he was wearing in 1988. That's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> this song reached number one in September of 1988, and I would argue was the rocket fuel that that saved Appetite for Destruction, making Aaron Everly the Rocket Queen, if you will. <laughs> yes, Sheryl Crow did a copy of this song, and this is one of the few 80s videos that has been viewed over a billion times. On YouTube, along with AHA, which we covered on our Patreon episode. If you're not following us on Patreon, you are missing some great stuff. For five bucks, you get all these incredible stories behind the songs. Exactly. Also, as a reminder, you can go back. We've already covered... Appetite for Destruction. Uh, that was one of our early episodes and we accidentally coincided with its 35th anniversary. Remember that? Yeah, we yeah, just yeah. looked
1: up and we're like, oh my gosh, Appetite for Destruction. We did Appetite for Destruction versus Back in Black by ACDC and that was one of the toughest choices we've
0: ever had to make. That was a phenomenal matchup. Two phenomenal albums. Yes. The end of the song, Axl Rose was sitting with the producer and he was asking, how are we going to wrap up this song, Sweet Child of Mine? I don't really know. Like, so he, he says, so where do we go? Like, where do we go now? Right. And the producer's like, bingo, that's it. Finish it up. And that's how you get the where do we go now ending to Sweet Child of Mine. Oh. Okay, D, number three, to you. Three. All right, number three. As I mentioned before,
1: it was on my list. I'm just going to tell you this is Every Rose Has Its Thorn. In my opinion, it is the definitive rock ballad of the 80s i know you're picking motley crew for that but for me i'm spiking the football this is the rock ballad of the 80s I to song, on the radio.
0: love it this was on my list at number five yeah I told you I had a buddy for my 15th birthday gave me Open Up and Say Ah by Poison. And at the time, the only single released was Nothing But a Good Time, which could have easily been on this list. But it had, I remember on the sticker, it said, contains the hit songs, Nothing But a Good Time, and Every Rose Has Its Thorn. And I remember at the time going, how'd they know it was going to be a hit? (laughs) Like, they were convinced out of the gate that it was going to be a hit. So here's the thing. They didn't want to release
1: it as a single, because it wasn't the heavy metal image that they were trying to give the band at the time. But they said, we've played this live several times. The crowd loves it. It is a rock ballad, not just a ballad. We think you should. And they pushed, and they got it. They were successful. They were the ones that convinced the record company to release this as a single. But the first station that played this song country station out of Dallas, Texas. I know, right? So this song was number one rock, number one pop, and in the top 40 for country. It's crazy. Yeah, it's fantastic. And just to go back to our original story about him, you know, running into trouble with his girlfriend, the idea is the Rose is his career, which is taken off,
0: and the thorn
1: is his relationship, which is ending.
0: By the way, I saw an interview with her. Yeah. And she's like... He's accusing me of infidelity, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious, right? Well, rock musicians are kind of known for their double standards as far as that goes. <laughs> I'm right? above this. I can sleep with whoever I this want. This is a perk of the job. <laughs> I am a rock star. That's what happens. It's, it's just, I'm working, hon.
1: <laughs> it's part It's part of the requirement, honey. Yes. Part of the requirement. Um, so this one, after he had that conversation with her, next day he was a la- laundromat. And wrote this down inside of a laundromat how cool was that it's awesome so guys we're going to be covering this album in
0: future episodes poisons open up and say ah uh, yes versus living colors vivid album right. both released on the same day in 1988 same day Okay, so that does it for my number three
1: is your number two.
0: Okay. Two. So this is going to be difficult for me to give you any clues because we've already deep-dived on this song, okay? Okay, all right. All right. Yeah. So this reached number two the summer of 1988. Okay. Number two. Okay. Blocked by Hold On To The Nights by Richard Marks. (laughs) Okay. Which I have had some hard feelings about, but when I went back and listened to that song, I'm like... Uh Hold on, the Nights" is a great song, too. Is this a Mutt Lang song? It is a Mutt Lang song. Hold on to that, because
1: it's coming up for me in just a
0: minute. Ooh, okay. All okay. right, so I'm putting number two down the road. Yes. Two. So, to my
1: number two, kind of already have brought this up, but I'll go ahead and throw a clue out there and see if you can guess it. This song contains quotes by... Two presidents and one mover and shaker of the Black Power movement in the
0: 60s. Okay. This is Cult of Personality. Got it. Oh, my gosh. See, okay, this song is freaking amazing. I absolutely love it. It's going on my list for 89.
1: Okay. I mean, I understand. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it came out in the middle of 88. But it was really the eighty-nine performance at SNL that kind of kicked it up a notch. But yes, I understand you put this in in 89. Okay. And, and again, I've got another one that's on James Buckley's list. So I'm just gonna tell you, I also had my
0: list before James Buckley had his list. <laughs> okay, just to talk about Cult of Personality a little bit longer. Yeah. We're gonna cover this here in a month or so. I can't wait to do it. Yeah. And I did, I- the, cult of personality. The, cult of personality. the musicianship from these guys will blow your friggin socks off these guys I mean these
1: the drummer and the guitarist Vernon Reed who was kind of the he- the head of the band right. really yeah they were already established jazz musicians I mean they were freaking incredible I mean jazz is hard. I'm just saying that. Jazz is hard. If you say metal is hard, no. Metal is easy compared to jazz. And these guys had the chops to play jazz, and they brought it into heavy metal. And just a quick story. The lead singer, Corey Glover. Yes. great. There's a great little bit, and we'll talk about it when we do our full episode on this. But he was talking about his musical influences. He said he had had older siblings and his parents and his grandparents and all of their musical influences played a part of his musical library, right? But he said there was one album that influenced them all. Like it came out and it was just like everybody loved it. And this was Miles Davis' Bitches Brew, okay? Okay. Talked a little bit about Miles Davis when we did our Prince episode, right? But he starts listening to that. He's listened to several other black singers and musicians, and then he hears Led Zeppelin. And he's like, I'll never be able to do that. I will never be able to do that until his parents take him to go see Jesus Christ Superstar in New York City. And he hears Carl Anderson as Judas Iscariot singing this rock power song. And he says, maybe I can do this. And that's what inspires him to go and become a singer.
0: Fantastic.
1: He ends up, years later, playing the part of Judas Iscariot with the same guy, Ted Neely, who played Jesus Christ in Jesus Christ Superstar on his own. Really? Yeah.
0: Fantastic.
1: So, three quotes. You have Malcolm X from his Message to the Grassroots from 1963. You have John F. Kennedy from his inaugural dress in 1961. And you end the Ask song. Ask
0: not what your country can do for you. Yes.
1: Yes. And finally, you have FDR with his inaugural speech from 1933. And during the few moments that we have left. That's the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the Malcolm X quote. It ends with FDR. Which the is, only thing,
0: is fear it itself. itself. There we go. Yeah, okay, it. cool. Awesome. I can't wait to dive into that, that whole album. I can yeah. tell you exactly where I was when I heard that song for the first time. Yeah. I was on a ski trip, the spring break of 1989. Yeah. And my buddy, Bomber, who I talked about, he's a Patreon member of ours. He's like, dude, have you heard this song? We're you know, sharing headphones on the blow my mind, right? It's amazing. It's lasting
1: power is amazing. It's subject matter is amazing. This is a powerhouse of a song in all regards. I can't wait to dive fully into it.
0: Yes. Okay. Very good. So that's your number two. Okay. So that does it for
1: our first four. For each of us, yeah, right? yeah. Okay, so before we jump into number one, okay. got some honorable mentions and some discoveries, right?
0: Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Tell me what you got. Okay, so these are my honorable mentions. Like this is six and seven. Okay. Okay. So the last time we talked about this song, I think you couldn't believe the words that were coming out of my mouth. <laughs> so. Okay. This song was written by Glenn Ballard and Sida Garrett. Okay, yeah, I remember this a little bit. Keep going. Okay. The video for this song has one smidge of the artist, but otherwise is a collection of newsworthy events from the day, including baby Jessica being pulled out of the pipe. This is only an honorable mention for this you? This is only an honorable mention. The song
1: you described as the best song on both albums yes. is only an honorable mention? Yes. You had two Michael Jackson songs in your top five for 1983. I know. And 1988, which has the album that you love more than you love Thriller. Right. The number one song, and you've only given it an honorable mention. Wait till
0: you hear my number one. Okay. It's... All right.
1: Guys, this is... Man in the Beer by Michael Jackson.
0: See that key change is irresistible. <laughs> oh my god. The goodness. video makes me cry every time I see it. With Baby Side- Jessica. <laughs> yes with Baby Jessica. <laughs> Sida Garrett said she downloaded this from God Almighty and she gave it to the gloved one. And he, he liked it so much that he invited her to sing on a song called I Just Can't Stop Loving You, which also hit number one. Dude, Cyda Garrett's 8788 was off the charts. And this song was unbelievable. I love it. Man in the Mirror, honorable mention number one. Okay, I like it. This hit number one, March 26, 1988. All right, my second honorable mention, D, as you can see, I flip flop. I changed my mind, okay? Uh-huh, yeah. My second honorable mention, hit number eight in October of 1988. Uh-huh. Here's your clue. Former Rolling Stone guitarist Mick Taylor played the guitar solo, and it's a song about sexual anger, power. I know this. Da-butt. No. <laughs> okay. No. It was a big
1: hit in 88.
0: Okay. <laughs> no.
1: Naughty Girls Need
0: Love, too? No. Oh, right. okay. But I love Samantha Fox. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. This song has since been turned into an anthem for Monday Night Football. This is I Hate Myself for Loving You by Joan Jett.
1: Heck yeah, man. I am so glad. This was one of those ones that I was like, ooh, this is a really good song. So this song was written by Joan Jett and Desmond Child. Desmond Child,
0: who gave us Bad Medicine and You Give Love a Bad Name with Bon Jovi. That's right. And remember he talked about how you take the things that are opposite and you throw them together? Something like Dude Looks Like a Lady. Dude Looks Like a Lady. Yeah. I Hate Myself for Loving You. Brilliant. There you go. Yeah. 11 chuck. Yep. That's fantastic. Okay, those are my two honorable mentions. D.
1: Okay. Honorable mention number 1 for me, the one that I struggled on whether to put this on the list was uh, is a song that we can possibly cover as a one hit wonder, all right? Okay, sure. So this song is Wild Wild West by The Escape Club. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So
1: I told you, I was looking at this. I was like, it, I got to figure out which one of these songs to pick, which one falls in the five slot, and which one falls out. And, well, Glenn Danzig is more interesting than The Escape Club. So Danzig wins out on this one. Okay. Uh, but I love the song. I think it's got staying power and talking about time capsules. The lyrics of this song, I mean, we're talking about 1988. It is the end of the Reagan era. And this song is to and for him, right? This is all kinds of stuff that are going on, living in the 80s, headed for the 90s. I love it. It's its
0: a perfect time capsule, it right? Is, it is. Headed for the 90s, living in the
1: 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Okay, cool. And then the other one I already mentioned earlier that I had a hard time not putting on the list was the one that we compared to George Michael. It was Never Tear Us Apart by NXS. Not even one of the best performers off of the album. There were other songs that charted far better than this one. It didn't chart super well, but to me, this song is killer and I, it stands the test of time as far as the songs of this album go. I love this song. Hey,
0: that is a fantastic song, and that album is fantastic. If you missed our NXS Kick album, we went track by track. That is packed full of fantastic songs, yeah. including Never Us Apart, which was a near miss for me. Now, you, you had a rediscovery or a new discovery? Mm-hmm. What do you yes. got? Okay, so for my rediscovery, yeah. it's a song by the Pet Shop Boys. Okay. And they wanted to do a duet with an established artist, and they kicked around the idea of doing this duet with Barbara Streisand or maybe Tina Turner when their manager suggested, how about Dusty Springfield? Son of a Preacher Man. Son of a Preacher Man. She had had some big hits. You know, Pulp Fiction kind of revived her career or whatever. Yeah. But she had kind of fallen into this life of drugs and alcohol, and when they pulled her out, it revived her career. That song, of course, is called What Have I Done to Deserve This?
1: Dude, that's a good rediscovery. I love this song. I, it's it's been a minute since I've heard this one, so that's good. That's a good one. Thank you. Okay, this one. I think you're gonna like this. I have. I don't think I've heard this since maybe 1988. This is a. This is like a diamond in the rough. This is a really hidden one. I'm gonna play it for you now. See if you recognize it. Okay? All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you all could see my face right now.
0: <laughs>
1: How could I let 1988 go by without Rick Roll and my best bud? Uh, just kidding. Uh, just kidding. That is not, <laughs> it's not the song. Um, my my refined third <laughs> will. My refind, and I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do a quick shout out, okay? Because I, I struggled with this one, but my refined is "The Promise" by Win and Rome. If you need a friend. I got no song facts about this one. I just, I was like, oh, I couldn't have told you the name of this or the band, but I love this song. But quick shout out to our friend Chris Weber because one of his bands that he's really wanting us to cover is the Smithereens, and they had a fantastic song in
0: 1988 called Only a Memory. Great, okay. So there I you can go. tell you one thing about that song, The Promise. Yeah? I know that the closing credits for Napoleon Dynamite are to The Promise. How about that? Perfect. sorry, okay. but I'm just thinking of the ride I promise I know they don't sound the way I play By the way, Patreon member, my good friend Dale Selby, said we would be failing if we did not mention Rick Astley's huge hit, (laughs) Never Gonna Give You Up. I didn't let you down, man. I know, right? I didn't let you down. You did it. Okay. So, since I have a 90% idea of your number one, why don't you go first? (sighs) Okay, fair enough. One... So
1: this song, and I hate that you already know what it is because it was already on your list, because my clue is going to be this song was inspired by a cartoon band. <laughs> I don't know how you pick any other song. Def Dave, this is my crossover with you, my friend. I don't know how you pick any other song as the number one song from 1988 other than Def Leopards Pour Some Sugar on Me. It is definitive of not only 1988, but the 80s in general. Like you can easily put this on a top five list for the decade. Yes. So it is unstoppable. It will never be tired. It will never be old hat. It's always good no matter how many times I hear it. And even my Gen Z kids, every single one of them, love this song.
0: It's absolutely a top five hit of the 80s. It comes off my favorite album of all time, Hysteria. It pained me to move it down from number one to number two, Yeah, which I'm going to make a case for here in just a second. We talked about this on our Hysteria episode. Def Leppard's Pour Some Sugar On Me ruled the world in the summer of 1988. This was my introduction to Def Leppard for sure.
1: Uh, remember the school dance where I heard it for the first time. Just to give you a little info that cartoon band that i was referring to was the archies and the song was sugar sugar if you listen to the last bit of the song my buddy jason noted hey this song ends with the lines pour some sugar on me honey
0: honey we gotta listen to that right here
1: that blew my freaking mind And again, another song that almost wasn't on the album. Last few days
0: of recording, Mutt Lang says, I think we need another hit single on this. Went to get coffee, came back, Joe Elliott's just strumming on an acoustic guitar, pour a little sugar on me. Yeah. And then to get the lyrics, he went to one side of the room,
1: Mutt Lang went to the other side of the room. They both just kind of riffed, noodled
0: some lyrics into a microphone, and then they just took that made the lyrics to this song. That's right. Joe Elliott heard Mutling's voice and said, that sounds like the words, love is like a bomb. Love is like a bomb, baby. Come and get it on. Based on Run DMC's Walk This Way with Aerosmith. Yeah. It's like a rock rap thing. Hey, if they can do it, we can do it. Okay. This reached number two. I love this song. How can I not have it at the top of my list for 1988? That's the question I'm asking myself right now. Okay.
1: A drum roll, please. Jason's going to give me clues to his number one. Okay.
0: One. I think there's a legitimate case that you could put this song in 1987, 1988, and 1989. Okay. All right? Yeah. Now then, my first clue to you is Corey Glover from Living Color got in a verbal argument with this person from the stage in 1988. Okay. This band went through the roof in 1988. Okay. We're talking about a band this in is our a soul artist. Okay, keep going. Okay. The title of this song came from some cautionistic words from a hobo at a bus station. Got it. What is it? Welcome to the jungle, baby.
1: I can't fault you. I can't fault you. Okay. I mean, I did... You were I, ready to kill me, weren't you? I was... Well, no, 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 no. I just... I, I was on the edge of my seat to see what it was. But it is no surprise, because that as well could be on top five songs of the entire decade. Yes.
0: This was originally released in 1987. Yep. Didn't really do all that much because MTV refused to play the video. David Geffen himself had to get involved and call the station and say, you guys have got to start playing this video. So when they did, it hit a little bit in early 88. Uh Uh-huh. Sweet Child of Mine goes through the roof in the summer of 88. Yep. They re-release it in October of 88 and it reaches number seven, Christmas Eve, 1988. And it's played at every single football game we go to it right now they played this video to appease the geffen records folks and the mtv folks who are at odds
1: they played this video they were going to do it one-time a one-off deal they played it at four o'clock in the morning right and then the switchboards this is not an exaggeration caught on fire with people calling in to say play that again what was
0: that it's it's a mammoth it's, it's a behemoth. It is. It is. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, that's great. I love it. I love it. All right, D, I got a little postscript for you. Okay. All right. Now then, you had your list before uh-huh. we started. I did. I had my list before we started. Yeah, uh, yeah. Listen to this. You owe James Buckley some money or something because <laughs> this is his list. Are you ready for this? Yes. Number five, I Don't Believe in Love by Queensryche. Okay. Under the Milky Way by The Church. No, no, Where no. Is My Mind oh, by yeah. The Pixies. There you go. Yep. Only a Memory by The Smithereens.
1: Oh, right. Nice. Good.
0: How about that? And then Cult of Personality, Living Color. Wow. Well, he's, he's got good taste. Hey, you and JB are on the same wavelength. Yeah. For now sure. then, listen to this. David Wright sent me his top five. Okay. Listen to this. Yeah. Mary Mary by Run DMC. Naturally. Pour Some Sugar on Me by Def Leppard. It's the best. Yeah. Ragdoll by Aerosmith. Oh, that's a good one. I actually had rag, I had uh, Angel on my short list. Yep. Yeah. Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison. Hey, there you go. More overlap. <laughs> and, of course, Kokomo by the Beach Boys, if you know Def Dave. That's his. Beach Boys will win every day. There you go. Our buddy Brad Moore, I asked him, and he sent me his stuff. Here's his list. And, of course, it's very close to ours. Finished What You Started by Van Halen. The Flame by Cheap Trick. Yeah. That was my first out. Oh, yeah. Like, that's number, like, eight. Okay. Uh, Kiss Me Deadly by Lita Ford, which you alluded to at the beginning of the that's episode. Good, indeed, yes. Just Like Paradise by David Lee Roth. Yep. Cult nice Personality. Time. Yes. Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Patience by Guns N' Roses. That was on my short list, too. And One by Metallica. Oh. In 88, okay. Came out at the very end of 88. For me, that's kind of an 89 song. Yes, it's
1: well into 89 for me. That would definitely be on my 89 list, Yeah.
0: There you go. Brad, thanks for getting that to us. Awesome. A couple other people who wrote in and gave us their lists. Uh-huh. Jeannie Alexander, Patreon member Jeannie Alexander, good friend of mine. Okay. She said, I don't really know the top five, but Don't Know What You Got My Cinderella has to be on that list. <laughs> right. Which was in the top ten for me. Just missed. It is the number one Cinderella song in my book. For uh, sure. So good. And then our buddy Jeff Johnson also sent me his top five. Oh, yeah. What, do you, what did I, Jeff get? I thought us? this was great. Yeah. So... He gave number five, Bon Jovi Bad Medicine. Naturally. I mean, there's a yeah. case for that, right? right? Yeah. Number four, Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. That's a good one. That's not really like, I love that song, but it's a really good song. He said that uh, I'm just as surprised as you are that he put it on there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Number three, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Not ch- yeah. Number two, The Pixies' Where's My Mind. Hey, there you go. See? And number one, NWA Straight out Compton.
1: Okay. Not what I was listening to at the time, but for those that were, that was a power. It was hop, huge, sure. right? It was a mammoth song. That is awesome. Guys, be sure and go check out uh, Jeff Johnson's podcast, A Film by, with his friend Brad. And they do some awesome stuff over there. Checking out the lesser
0: known but worthy films of some of the most famous directors. That's right. All right. Well, we'd love to hear from you guys. Send us your top five from 1988. We'll put it on Facebook or whatever. It'd be fun. Yeah. Hey guys, we wanted to
1: tell you about a very special episode that is with us, but not our podcast. We would love for you guys to go check out the White Rocket Podcast with Mr. Van Allen
0: Plexico. They figured out that we love Ready Player One, and we love Ready Player One. We do. They invited us to come on. We're talking about the book first, then we're going to talk about the movie, then we're going to have some trivia. So, White Rocket Podcast, the first episode, drops on our discussion with Van Allen Plexico and David Wright. About the book, Ready Player One. Yeah, we put a link to that
1: episode in our show notes. Be sure and go down there, click that, and you can hear us talk about the book, Ready Player One. Well, guys, that does it for our list of best of 1988. Please go check out those episodes that we talked about. Please go over to (laughs) patreon.com backslash. Backslash shirley podcast so that you can subscribe and get what do we have like 10 11 different i think we're at 11 now yeah so we're they're covering one hit wonders of the 80s and uh, other areas yeah and it is some of our best stuff guys i promise worth the five bucks a month totally go subscribe and enjoy those extra episodes
0: We've got some other 1988 stuff coming down the pipe at you. I'm really excited about yeah. So here in a few weeks, we're covering Twins versus Big. Yeah. I mean, big twins, Big Twins. <laughs> right? We're covering Vivid versus Open Up and Say Ah, uh, both released on the same day in 1988. We've got The Great Outdoors. We've got Long Cold Winter by Cinderella versus Van Halen's OU812, which was huge in the summer. We're going to have a lot of fun messing around in the summer of 1988. We we'll hope you guys will join us there. See you guys then. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at
1: Hero.co.